Warning. The following broadcast is not approved by your teacher, university, politician, or government. Side effects may include skepticism, better reasoning skills, liberty, peace, and an escape from the woke. Welcome to the show. I am your host, L.B. Muniz, and this is a portion of episode 87. 87 was recorded on October 24th, 2023, entitled, The American Cult Gets a Hard Reset. What you're about to listen to is one of six installments where I do my best to walk through the complicated nature of the Israel-Palestine conflict in such a way to remove as much of the emotional baggage as we possibly can. I broke this episode out into six episodes for you guys on the free stream. Of course, if you want immediate access to the full two-hour stream, all you have to do is become a member of the Been Awake Elite. It's $50 a year. Buy me dinner. You get full access to this. You don't have to wait. Uh, These are all going to be released over a course of two weeks. Let me just give you a quick rundown of what everything is going to look like, and then you guys can get into the episode. The first episode, 87.1, is pre-knowledge about Israel-Palestine. This in this episode, I'm going to take you down, take you take you down a, the road of a piece I wrote about a concept called pre-knowledge. <clears throat> I think this is something we all struggle with, or suffer from, or just frankly something that is in the modern day, and maybe always was, but it's more pronounced in the in the digital media age. So you're going to learn more about pre-knowledge and how that relates to the Israel-Palestinian conflict. 87.2 is about the post-World War II order in Israel's independence. We're actually going to read. The, together, the Declaration of Independence from the from the Israeli from the early Israelis, and we're going to kind of talk about some of the historical context that is lost, um, lost and purposefully forgotten, I would say, and regarding the founding of Israel. Eighty-seven point three: How religion dictates Middle East politics. We're going to take a closer look at Zionism, and we're going to take a closer look at Islamism. And we're going to talk about how, how, how religion is really what's shaping Middle East politics, not some grand, lofty, secular notions as we might think here in the West. 87.4, when media figures cry out for blood, we're going to take a look at some of the response, especially from the Daily Wire's Ben Shapiro, who, despite popularizing the phrase, facts don't care about your feelings, sure seems to feel a lot about this conflict going on. are Israel and Hamas friends. We're going to take a look at a piece from 2009, the last time there was a major conflict between Gaza and and between Gaza, Israel, Hamas, whatever. We're going to take a look back then, and we're going to show how, in many ways, Israel either allowed Hamas to become the, the terrorist organization it is today, or perhaps even encouraged it to become more militant and more violent. And then finally, we're going to wrap things up. We're going to analyze a dust-up between Austin Peterson and Dave Smith, and then we're going to go through some fun, different things. We're going to cover the speaker's race, which, of course, if you're listening to this now, has already ended. Um, We're also going to talk about some fun things, including how maybe fat people should have better access in hotels. Listen, if you would do me the favor, make sure you're subscribed to BeenAwake.com. And without further ado, let's get into the episode. If you don't, then I'll move on. Um... There was a couple references in that that we're going to move on to in the next thing uh, here. And there was a reference towards Zionism. Now, depending on how savvy you are to 
internet spaces and things you're not supposed to look into, you either know Zionism is kind of this vague concept that you've read about in Sunday school growing up, but you don't really know what it means for today. You know, like Zion's maybe generally a good thing. And so, like, what's the Zionism? Again, I'm trying to stay as down the middle as I possibly can be. We're using Wikipedia, which I don't even consider to be a great source anymore. Certainly not on political subjects. However, for the purposes of our conversation, we can use this as a jumping off point. So Zionism is a nationalist movement that emerged in the 19th century to espouse support for the establishment of a homeland for Jewish people in Palestine, a region roughly corresponding to the land of Israel in Jewish tradition. Following the establishment of Israel, Zionism became an ideology that supports the development and protection of the state of Israel. Zionism initially emerged in, in Central and Eastern Europe as a national revival movement in the late 19th century. <laughs> Both in reaction to newer waves of anti-Semitism and as a response to Haskalah or Jewish Enlightenment. Soon after this, most leaders of the movement, associated with the main goal of creating the desired homeland in Palestine, then an area controlled by the Ottoman Empire, this process was seen by the Zionist movement as an ingathering of exiles an effort to put a stop to the exoduses and persecutions that have marked Jewish history by bringing the Jewish people back to their historic homeland. From 1897, so predating the start of the Civil War, from 18, sorry, sorry, predating the start of World War I, that's what I meant to say, to 1948, the prime, remember what I said earlier about how things are fluid when you're talking versus writing. Might have, been in a, might have been in a previous episode. You should go listen to that if you're catching the replay. The primary goal of the Zionist movement was to establish, let's read that again, the primary goal of the Zionist movement was to establish the basis for a Jewish homeland in Palestine and thereafter to consolidate it in a unique variation of the principle of self-determination. The Lovers of Zion united in 1884 and in 1897 the first Zionist Congress was organized. In the late 19th and early 20th century, a large number of Jews immigrated first to Ottoman and later Mandatory Palestine, which is what the, Brits, what, the, what the Brits called it. And at the same time, diplomatic attempts were made to gain worldwide recognition and support. Since the establishment of the State of Israel in 1948, Zionism has continued primarily to advocate on behalf of Israel and to address threats to its continued existence and security. Zionism has never been a uniform movement. Its leaders, parties, and ideologies frequently diverged from one another. Compromises and concessions were made in order to achieve a shared cultural and political objective as a result of the growing anti-Semitism and yearning and a yearning to return to the ancestral country. A variety of types of Zionism have emerged, including political Zionism, liberal Zionism, labor Zionism, or British Zionism, the culture of la 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 la. Advocates of Zionism view it, view it as a national liberation movement for the rep repatriation of persecuted people to its ancestral homeland. Critics of Zionism view it as colonialist, racist, 
or an an exceptionalist ideology. That's a weird term. Or movement. So, let's put things really simply here for a second. What is Zionism? It's political Judaism. It says specifically that the Jewish people, those people who remain Jews after the death of Christ, historical fact, who kept their faith tradition over the course of another millennia, that those people deserve a national homeland and they're going to do what they can. They're going to do what they can do to make that happen. And they did such a good job that they got the King of England to say it was a good idea. And then they, and today we have the creation, then we, today we have the state of Israel. Make no ifs or buts about it. That's one of the points that gets lost in all the quibbling that people do on this issue. And people will try these gotcha questions. Should the state of Israel exist? Makes no matter what you think about that, because it does exist. And it's existed for longer than I've been alive. Which means it's existed long enough for people to have made it their entire identity. So it doesn't matter whether you think the state of Israel should exist or not. It does. And if you think that's unfair, I'd say, yeah, go read a history book. There's not a lot of fair things that happen. Or if you think that's fair, you'd be like, great, people got it. People got it. Got it done. And they made something happen that should have happened. Okay. It still exists. So you really shouldn't pay attention to people if they're going to quibble over whether it should exist at all. Because, again, it does. And there's, it's not... It, it, I don't see it going anywhere. Who knows? By the time this gets published and, re- and cut up and put out, it could be completely wrong. But it exists. The next topic that I want to explore with you as we build our understanding of this issue together. Again, using Wikipedia. I... Ironically, this is during their drive. I used to give to Wikipedia. I don't anymore. We're going to talk about Islamism. Islamism, which is also called political Islam, is a religio-political ideology. The advocates of Islamism, known as al-Islayum, I think, are dedicated to realizing their ideological interpretation of Islam within the context of the state or society. The majority of them are afflicted affiliated, excuse me, with Islamic institutions or social mobilization movements often designated as al-Harakat or al-Islamiyah. Ayah? Ayah. In its original formulation, Islamism described an ideology seeking to revive Islam to its past assertiveness and glory, purifying it of foreign elements, reasserting its role into social and political as well as personal life, and in particular, reordering government and society in accordance with the laws prescribed by Islam. According to at least one observer, Islamists, Islamist movements have arguably altered the Middle East more than any trend since the modern states gained independence, redefining politics and even borders. C. For those of you who have been paying attention, 
the, mo- the nation state as it exists, this idea that people should have self-determination in some form of a national government, it's a very modern idea. Very chic. Very, very in vogue. And part of the reason why most of the, why these topics, why this, why this even became a thing is because of the idea of the nation state. Because before that, right, like, you know, when, you know, the Brits had it a little bit after World War One, and before that it was the Turks. And the Turks had controlled it since I don't know when. Probably when they took it back from the Christians. I should say the Catholics. Right? And who had it before that? Somebody else. The Turks or some, some other, you know, Islamic movement. Some other sultan. Before that it was the Romans and before that it was there. And before that, it was the Israel, it was the the Judaism, the 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 Jew, the Hebrews say Hebrews, the people that you read about in the Old Testament. And before that, it was the Canaanites. And before that, who knows? I didn't go that far back. So we have, as the Book of Books, that that Ben Gurion talks about in his Declaration of the State of Israel, of the State of Israel, in the Book of Books, we read how the Israelites of old conquered. The Holy Land conquered what eventually became what today we call the Holy Land, what eventually became known as the city of Jerusalem. And then they then it, then they didn't have it. Then they had it again, right? Babylonians, and they had it again. And they lost it, and they had it, and they lost it, they had it. No one person has ever controlled this area of the world. No one person has ever controlled any part of the world, or all of the world, I should say. Different people at different points in time have laid claim to the same piece of ground. Different peoples have as well. All of those lands were taken via conquest. Make no mistake, every land is taken via conquest. And if you didn't take it from somebody else, you took it from nature. That's part of what we do as human beings. This isn't to justify anything. You can have your modern moralistic debates if you want. In fact, in some respects, you should encourage it. At least it holds somebody to, at least it holds people to a standard. So what is that standard in this situation? That standard is what's generally referred to as international law, the Geneva Conventions, the UN Declaration of Rights. Something that in the Declaration of the State of Israel, they said they were going to try to hold to. But all those nice little things that we put on top of it doesn't change the fact that all lands are taken through conquest of one form or another. Going back to the metamorphosis that I talked about before, I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of us are talking more in spiritual terms or talking about spirituality in an open way is precisely because with this mass, with the massive information that we have available to us and the, the mix of meta narratives that we have laid in front of us, it, it, it has, it, it necessitates a spiritual interpretation to all of these things. Because materially speaking, we can rearrange the facts at hand to suit whatever narrative we want. Remember, 
the fight in the cult of American democracy, as far as most people believe, even if they don't state it as such, is between the vanguards of civilization, the people trying to keep the barbarians from the gate, and the people trying to help those less fortunate, who, who hear the cry of the oppressed. doesn't mean that both of these things aren't perverted understandings of what it is. In fact, part of the reason why it's perverted is because it's split into these two tracks. And that's exactly why the cult works. That's why the cult of American democracy works. Because there's a little bit to both sides. There's a little bit to both sides. And what we just went through was the foundational elements of political Judaism and political Islam. Both of these religions hold some sort of religious, hold, hold not only religious beliefs, but that spirit, but that political belief should follow from them. Fair enough. I don't think any of that is particularly controversial. So, before we kind of, I think what, we're, what I'm going to do next as we move through this Israel story is a couple more things that I want to do. So now we're going to kind of move into a little bit more of the call and response of the current news cycle. And we're going to kind of build our way up to something. So let's start with our illustrious president. like what you heard today, go to inawake.com to subscribe for future updates. My name is LB Muniz, and I am not one with the woke.